Welcome back, everybody, to the Satellite House Podcast episode, what, Evan? Seven. Episode seven, featuring the one and only Tomo. My pledge brother. Aki. Hello. Hello. Clark. How are you doing, Tomo? Uh, where do I fucking start? It's exhausting, dude. (laughs) Uh, like... Like there were there were days in this week where I literally just had no sleep, and then I just like look at my time. I'm like laying on my bed. I'm like, ah, I have a bit of time for my 4:30 class. I wake up, it's fucking 10 p.m. Oof. <laughs> I mean, I didn't miss anything like important, so it's like it wasn't a big deal. It was more something I could have caught up on later. I emailed the professor later, anyways. But like, I mean, yeah, there's days in the week like that, and it's just like it's it's crunch time. Mm-hmm. It's the first week of May. It's like everyone's in fucking like everyone's in just like this hyper tense like burnout mode. But like I'm, I don't know. We're almost done. What is your major, Tomo? Oh, aerospace engineering. And I'm a fourth year. Uh, I'm expected to graduate this semester. I just have things I need to work out with like later. But like, yeah, th- this shit's hard. Like I'll admit that. <laughs> like. Like, I'll be honest, like, well, not even, well, yeah, like, I have friends, and having friends in, like, the same major really help. Right. Just being able to connect and intertwine and just, like, share common interests between, like, what we enjoy. It's, like, it's it's really nice. That's really cool. And I know you've you've, uh, spent a lot of time living with your, uh, your friends consistently. Um, do you think that being able to live consistently with the same group of people is very helpful or do you think that like, like, do you think it would have been harder if you had had to change roommates every year or something like that? I mean, yes and no, but like, I don't know. It's weird. Cause it all just kind of started in freshman year. Cause we just kind of built this like unique, like dynamic bond because we all just share a major and just. From there, everything changed. But, like, in the case that, like, I guess that never really happened, it would have probably been different. But I still had, like, friends, like, my freshman year on the same floor that I still, like, regularly hang out with today. Mm. So, how did you decide that that particular group of friends was going to be, like, the people that you lived with? Like, how did you make the decision? Like, there's a lot of kids in aerospace. So how did you decide that that specific set of people was going to be your your close friends? We shared a lot of common interests mm. and that's essentially it and we just kind of built a bond over it. I mean like a good example is funnily enough mechanical keyboards. Like <laughs> I'm not even kidding. There's like such a large like niche of keyboards. You guys dude. bonded over mechanical keyboards. Yeah, like I'm not even kidding. <laughs> Uh, what what would you say is your guys's favorite mechanical keyboard? That's a really that's a really hard debate. That because to be quite fair, it's all preference based. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's like a lot of people have different interests in how like a switch could feel, how a keycap could feel, what kind of material like mm-hmm. what kind of material literally anything any part of the keyboard is made out of. Right. So it's like it's really it's what i'm saying is it's a really hard answer because because it it very much depends on the person yeah now i have a huge bias against razor as a brand (laughs) um hot takes i 
especially like anybody who has like a razor laptop like oh my god if you if you spend like three thousand dollars on a razor laptop and you bring it to class like Ooh. i'm sorry when i see you i automatically assume you're a virgin <laughs> like okay okay i can defend on that oh topic not because I, i've had one but like there there is to some extent where i dislike razor but there is some places where i respect them as like a company and like to prove your point with laptops like to be fair their laptops are quite phenomenal but there's just like there's always this like one little thing that like they lack that like is like slightly it's like it's one of those like medium to like bad like backsides of mm -hmm. like the laptop mm -hmm. and that's what kind of like pushes some people away from it or like pushes people towards it regardless mm. it's like the same reason people get a fucking mac yeah i know people definitely get razor for the aesthetic i just happen to think that it's a bad aesthetic um i honestly can care less about the aesthetic because i could because okay one place where they absolutely shine is with their gaming mice like I will wholeheartedly admit that. Like if there was one mouse that I would use from like for like for let's say like the rest of the year, yeah. I would use a Viper Mini. It's just that good. Like I will admit that. How much is that thing? I got it for 10 bucks. No way. I'm not even kidding. Like I got it on sale like for Black Friday and it was literally 10 bucks. What's so good about it? It's like the size like weirdly enough or like the way it's shaped, you can really get used to. The lightness, it's great. Even, like, literally out of the box, like, the mouse is good. Like, the skates are fine. And, like, I mean, the sensor is mediocre, which is, like, the only, like, bad... Like, that's the only backside about it. But it's, like, as long as you know how you, like, manage it and control it, you can, like, use it really well. Like, I, I genuinely like the Viper Mini. Mm. I use a Super Light now, which is... I, I gotta admit, it's better. Like, Razer it's, it's Super Light. better. No, 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 no. It's the Logitech G Pro X oh. Super Light. Earlier, you were calling me a pleb for having a Logitech G205. 502. G502. Yeah. But why am I a pleb for having that? I don't know. It's the most common gaming mouse ever. It is. I searched it is up, the most I, common gaming mouse ever. I searched ever. up gaming mouse on Amazon. It was the first one. Of and course. I it. No, it's... <laughs> well, like, I'm not going to deny that mouse is good. Like, it's mm. not for me because I like a lot lighter. Like, I like lighter gaming mice. Mm. Like, it just feels nicer in the hand. It's so, like, instantaneous. It's like, you feel more in control. That's kind of the best way to put it. But, like, you can get used to the G502, like, the weight of it all. And it's like, it's like, it's all right. I can like it. But, like, the buttons and the customizability, it's great. And you're also into keyboards as well. Yeah. What about keyboards? What, do you, what kind of keyboards do you prefer? I using. prefer a linear long pull stem switch. I, I have think, no idea, no what, idea what, that what that is. I know exactly none of this, and I'm not going to bother explaining it. <laughs> but Give like, me like an EL5. ELI5. ELI5, yeah. Um, so it's a linear switch. Usually just it's like usually there's a spring and a little stem and like a little housing for like a switch and you can press down in it and the spring and then like the like the stem what happens is it moves like the pins that are like located behind it so it basically closes a circuit and registers an input and basically you can extend the length of that pole to make a like to make a like a switch or like essentially a board sound completely different from what it initially could have 
So what ha- like what it is is basically just the housing with a longer pole, and that's the kind of st- like specific like switch I like. And then on top of that, um, on top of that, like it's best to literally lubricate the switch. So it, lubricate, like, yes. yeah, no, like it's important. Not in that context. Shut up, Jason. Like not in that, that is context, terrible. but like. I mean, like, you have to fucking lubricate gears and shit to make sure that there's no, like, general friction. Yeah. My keyboard gets all dusty. Does yours get dusty? Yeah, but, like, my favorite ones are pretty easy to take apart. If not, I could just get, like, a CO2 duster and just... Okay, you know what? Tomo, I am going to build a new PC. With a new keyboard. And what are you gonna, I'm going to get into What are you going to use it for? When like, I can you're, not, it. you're not even like the kind of person who's I don't like think, a super yeah, you're gamer. Not so need, like, what you're not going to need like a 38 year. What are you going to do? Fucking Ansys? I like, just want to have it to have it, bro. There's no. Like, I get it, but like, there's no reason. You're not going to be running. There's none. Like, you're not going to be running like a, CFD like analysis. If you want to throw away that much money on a computer and then not do anything with it, just get a Mac. Mac? I've never used a Mac. Well, again. You, you're just doing it for the flex, so just get a Mac. He's right. he's literally got a valid point. Like I understand that you like gaming PCs. You literally switched from an Android to an iPhone. Like you 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 crossed sides. I, I, I changed culture sides. I, You've crossed. I'm sides like a trader. I, I, be, I betrayed my. So you just like you're not a you're not like a super gamer. So there's no point in getting this like ridiculous gaming PC. You're not going to use it. You're never going to use the power. You're never going to use it for like. You're not going to use it for engineering. You're not going to use it for video rendering. You're not going to use it for like nothing. I mean, he could make he could make art on Blender. Is he going to do it though? You know what? I think Max. No, no, no. That's why. That's why Jason needs like a beefy gaming PC. He's a graphics design major, right? No. Whoa. No. He's an HR major. No, not not the other one. Jason. Oh, oh, yeah. But he is. He is. Yes, he is. So that's good for him, but like not for him. him? He doesn't need it. No. (laughs) You could. What? What? What's your GPU? 480x. Do you know what that is? Yeah, I do. It's a Radeon card. Oh my goodness! What year did it come out? Because I know the 580x came out in like 2018. Is it a 2017 card? 2016. Very close. Oh, yeah, because they release it, like, every other year, That's right? That's so crazy how you know this. Not I like, like PCs. Like that every, is so No, awesome. that's literally one of the other things, like, we all bonded over. Like, we all bonded over, like, PC building and shit. Mm, right, yeah. you and your friends. Yes. Like, I have a 2080 Ti and a 3900 XT. Wow. With, like, it's it's it's, on a, play sh- with it's on a shitty motherboard. Uh, Can you run Crisis at max? Funnily X? enough, no. <laughs> Like it's supposed to, but I'm too lazy to put input like a command code from Crisis Wars to then put it in like run that command line in uh or like like basically like get a game file from Can't Crisis Wars and then put it into Crisis so that I can run Crisis on my PC. Like there's like, that's like the the whole joke of Can't Run Crisis isn't because like a PC isn't strong enough. It's because of a fucking like. It's fuck. It's because of a fucking game bug, basically. A game bug. Like it's literally just a fucking bug. <sighs> yeah, I'm sorry. It's just, but like, yeah, like we all bonded over PCs. Okay, so I gotta ask if you're like a super PC guy. 
uh, Intel or AMD? What do you think is the better processor? Wait, oh, processor. Okay. In terms Intel, of like, right? in terms of absolute speed, Intel. But in terms of practicality, AMD. Mm. Practicality? What? I mean, if you're running like a bunch, of, like if you're multitasking real fucking hard with like everything else running at once, you're probably better off running an AMD chip. Mm. But for like GPUs, it, it's it's like a no brainer. It's fucking Nvidia. Well, duh. Yeah, Every, everybody sure. knows that. Like, it's it's fucking Nvidia. You can't you can't go wrong with an Nvidia card. I have a fucking twenty eighty Ti. That shit still runs fine. It's a B stock twenty eighty Ti actually, and it runs fucking flawlessly. Fuck, I wish I had one. Fuck. Fuck having a car. You don't need one. <laughs> no, dude. Like Jake has a thirty eighty. Kobe has a thirty seventy. And I, I have the, I technically have the weakest of them because I have a. Jake has a thirty eighty. Jake has a thirty eighty. That man is. And then Tony has a thirty sixty. Thirty. Oh yeah! Wow, that's impressive. I have a twenty seventy in my Ooh. laptop. That was what I was initially going for when I was buying um a Jeep, like planning on building a PC. I was thinking of just getting like a thirty seven hundred X and then like a twenty seventy or a twenty seventy Ti if I could have found one. But then, like, Jake told me about this, like, I think it was, like, a Halloween B-Stock sale that, like, EVGA was having, and I just, like, I just, like, aced the hole on a fucking 2080 Ti. I had to call up, like, other friends from my major. I'm like, dude, dude, I need your input. I need your input. It's a 2080 Ti for $800 good. And he's like, that's fucking amazing. <laughs> but no, it's, it's shit like that we bond over. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's weird because it's like I've built this kind of community with people within, like, my major because of that how many people are in your major i i honestly can't count i like i don't know is the honest answer because there's like, probably like a couple hundred at least like it's my guess but it's like i'm not sure i'm honestly not sure so your major is aerospace engineering and then earlier evan you were telling me this crazy story and you were actually talking about it together was it about the atomic jet? the atomic bomb oh and uh, what's his name? Leo. You Leo Szilard. Yeah. Uh, who discovered the idea of the nuclear chain reaction back in the 30s in Germany when he was studying at Berlin. And he was really, really close with Einstein. And they he, he, were, he would walk home with Einstein every day and they would talk about physics and, and the future and technology and stuff like that um and then when the regime changed in 1933 then uh leo Szilard fled to britain um because he felt that it would be safer there and he tried to tell the british about the atomic bomb and or the potential for an atomic bomb and they did not take him seriously. They were like, "That's that's rubbish," you know. <laughs> of course, you'd that's say a load of rubbish. British accent. Um, and he he was like, "What do you mean? Like this is so important." And he could eventually he convinced the British that it was it should be a, a military secret. Mm. But like they didn't still take him seriously. No, so they still did. The Americas. Yep, he came to and America. Then, like, and then the United States was like, "Oh shit! Like we should actually like." This actually could be something important. And then they they actually pursued the idea of building it. And then the guy kept even warning that it's like... He's like, okay, but don't, don't use it. Don't use though. it. Do not use this thing. 
how about I do anyways? Well, see, the thing is that the, the president that he had connections with was Roosevelt. And then when Roosevelt died, he, he had influence with Roosevelt. But when Roosevelt died and Truman became president, he had no inroads with Truman. And so Truman was like, no, I'm going to use the bomb. And Leo Szilard was livid absolutely livid but there was nothing he could do anymore because he didn't have any contacts to to really like reach truman's desk and and say like no 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 don't do this and so he he had to live with this for the rest of his life this idea that he created the very idea of what ended up causing one of the worst humanitarian disasters in history and he spent the rest of his life advocating for denuclearization on the planet. Um, obviously to no avail because we still have nuclear weapons today. Dude, it's bad. I'm um, scared. Uh, you know what? I'm not concerned about nuclear weapons. That's not what I would be concerned about. I think today's modern... I Climate change? Today's modern weaponry that I would be concerned about is entirely cyber warfare based. That's that's what I would be concerned about cyber in the modern age. Warfare? Explain. Tomo explain. Hacking. You guys it's just hacking it's, one another. Yeah, it's, it's literally just hacking. hacking. It's literally it's, it. Do you remember the colonial access pipeline that got shut down in This is this is really off topic now, and I'm just thinking about it because cyber warfare. Mm -hmm. But have you watched Mr. Robot? No, I have not. No. Oh my I God. saw one episode. No, it's it's good because I mean it, like it ties back to that idea and the way the story is told and everything is like the way everything is built up, the way everything is connected to one thing and one another, and like the like the bizarre and insane plot twists that just occur and you're just like, what the fuck happened? It's it's a surreal show. Like mm -hmm. I I wholeheartedly suggest everyone to watch it. I really enjoy uh, television shows and like movies that mm. that go completely off the rails that mm. like end up being totally insane. Sorry to bother you. Yeah, like sorry to bother you. Have you seen that movie? No, dude, um, you should watch it. It's absolutely love it. wild. It makes a lot of statements about you know sort of the the future of our of our society and what the sort of what the sort of like non the unfettered like drive for profit what that what could that can end up leading to um and you know sort of the unethical ways of making money in in the world you know, I don't. I don't necessarily always like movies that go off the rails in a political slant, but I I do like things that go off the rails just in general, like uh, Community. I like as a TV show in its later seasons. You know what? You know what? Okay, actually, no. Like one of my favorite sitcoms still to this day, and I will defend this is fucking Seinfeld. It's so Seinfeld. good. Seinfeld is so good. It's a classic. Yeah, like, it's 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 literally a story about nothing. You know, I've never actually seen the show. It's it's good. Like I'll admit it. It's it's a good move. It's a good show. I think it's like for older generation because it came out in the nineties. It mm -hmm. came out in nineteen eighty nine, and I think ended in like nineteen ninety six. Okay. Yeah. 
So it was before our time. Yeah, it was that way before. That actually time. reminds me. I was genuinely thinking about this. Um, like we were born in a generation where essentially, like, it was before everything was digitized. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, this we was were. before everything was digitized, where we had literally analog tapes to watch movies on. Yep. Yeah, like, I remember like rewinding tapes from VHS. the library. No, exactly. Yeah. Like it's it's shit like that that's like fascinating because it's like then eventually everything just got turned into DVDs and digitalization like. I think, this is just my opinion, that we grew up in the last decade before everything in the world went to shit. We don't have to put it that way, but, like... Kind of true. Like, no, you're not wrong, but, like, it's not really that, like... It's not as bad as people say it is. Like, granted, it is hectic, but, like... You gotta learn to adapt to it. And we're in this era where people aren't really adapting to it yet. But, like, once people do, like, it'll eventually develop into a habitat or an environment that's, like, regulated and, like, normalized. I understand that, like, I understand your point of view, though, because, like, fuck, like, I like, I like 80s shit. Like, I don't look like I, like, I like 80s stuff and, like, the aesthetic of it, but it's, like, I don't, like, obsess over it like some people Mm -hmm. do. Like, but, like, one of my, like, favorite artists, like, The Midnight, like, they're fucking great, like. Like like they are their music I wouldn't really consider it's it's like a bit of like music and art, but it's like there's like emotion of like memory in it. But what I mean really isn't isn't like pop culture or anything like that. I, I think pop culture is fine. Um, I think what I really mean is sort of like the division in society and the the. I think the 90s were the last decade in which we were heading to being a more unified planet. And after that, we've headed to being more of a divided planet um, where people hate each other a lot more than I think they did in the 90s. And that's, I don't know, that's just my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, obviously, realistically, I wouldn't know because I wasn't consciously alive. (laughs) In, in the 90s. You know what I remember? I remember using one of those older phones before smartphones. I had one. Like, it was considered a smartphone because you could do a lot of stuff on it. Granted, it had buttons to substitute for it, but mm-hmm. eventually, touch like, the technology of touchscreen became more normal. I had that phone. I had that phone where you, like, swipe it to the side and you flip it up and the keyboard comes up. I remember. remember the side phones? Yeah. And then, like, you had to remember your parents' phone numbers. <laughs> remember that? Because, like, no. I still remember my grandma's phone number in Japan because we'd make <clears throat> international calls. Oh. You have a grandmother in Japan? I'm Japanese. Wait, I you're... was born there. You were bo- I didn't know you were born in J- Japan. I, I told you before. I'm pretty... Wait, you no, definitely... I, I know I told you this. before. I you did, did not, not know this. I didn't tell you. You gotta I tell us. I said this when we were, like, hanging out practicing what? for a fucking thought, serenade with you, Marco. I thought you grew up in the middle of California. I did grow up in the middle of California, but what happens every summer was that I'd go back to Japan to visit my grandparents. And because of that, I would often travel to airports every year and get excited because I'm on a plane. It's like such a little like cute opportunity and fun thing for me. Mm. And that's essentially why I grew up to be like, yeah, of course I want to build airplanes for a living. Like, oh, wow. Like, that's the whole reason I grew up with it. Because also my grandpa was like super fascinated with it. That's really interesting. So you have this sort of familial connection. Yeah, exactly. To the aviation industry. 
So would you say that you focus on aeronautics instead of astronautics or, or what do you, I would want to go into honestly astronautics because frankly, it's easier. It's just like, you really got to fucking put money into it. (laughs) But like outside of that, like I, I like the aeronautical aspect of it as well. Mm -hmm. Granted, like I could just like study that further more later. The thing is, right? Like, I like astronautics because I also really like space. That, it's yeah, such a fun cool. little thing mm. for me. Cause it's like, hell yeah, I want to go out of orbit. It's like, I've already been on a plane a bunch. It's like, how high can you go? Uh, so you were born in Japan. Uh, when did you move here? I mean, well, I was, okay. So, oh, no, it's weird. Cause it's like, so basically my, my parents, uh, my parents met like traveling pretty often. Mm-hmm. And like, um, like they would travel pretty often and then eventually like they got together and eventually had my brother and then me. So like what happened was my mom would travel back to Japan every three months or so to like go see her grandma because flights were a little more relatively cheap. Mm-hmm. Cause what happened was she was born in Japan later in her twenties. She moved to Wisconsin, hung out there, had a lot of friends and enjoyed, she had a good time. Like, and then she, be- she did a lot of like, she basically did a lot of what her career was. And then like 20 years later, she had like my brother and then me. So then she just kind of settled and just being a mom. But like what happened was she was there when she was pregnant with me because she wanted me to be born in Japan because regardless, because if I'm born in Japan, I would still be a Japanese citizen, but also because my dad's from the U S I would still be a U.S. citizen. So, so you like, wanted, she wanted to give you the dual citizenship. Exactly. Nice. Let's go. So that's exact. Like that's literally the whole reason. So like after after I was born, we moved back for a bit, and then I think like instead of every three months because that's what she did with my brother, we went back once a year. So it's just like a lot more affordable, mm-hmm. and like um, yeah, because of that, like. Yeah, because of that, like, I would often travel back to Japan every summer once I started school and all here. What is what is uh, something that I, as a Western person, don't know about Japan that I really should? Uh, well, first things first, you won't see a translation text under you when you're there when you're speaking to someone. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Like, that's, that's, that's for real. Second, yeah. uh, good luck with the transit system. <laughs> Yeah, it's good confusing. luck with the transit system. And on top of that, it everything runs on basically a regulated schedule. Mm. So it's not like always bustling 24/7. Like usually the thing is uh trains start at 5 a.m. in the morning and then or it's like 5 or 4 a.m. in the morning and until what's it called? Until about 1 a.m. at night basically, so they run just constantly that like at rate. And on top of that, like, basically every store, every place is almost like that, excluding, like, convenience stores. Because convenience stores are meant to be convenient. Mm-hmm. Are they 24-7? Yeah. All of them? All of them. Ooh. Well, except for, like, the, like, family-owned ones. Mm. But, like, usually, like, the industrial ones, like a Family Mart or, like, a 7-Eleven or a 7-I. The convenience store food there in Japan is so good, like a 7-Eleven. Have you been there? Yeah, I've been to Osaka. Dude, there's sandwiches. I mean, I've also seen all the YouTube videos, of course. Of course. 
You don't talk about their vending machines oh, are fucking god tier goaded god tier absolute goaded s tier <laughs> like the, like I will even admit that like it's it's goaded mm. it's so good that's really impressive um I've seen a lot of like travel shows about Japan and like there's some some things that Americans would consider profoundly weird um but that are just normal in Japanese life um like i saw this this thing where you like there's like a vending machine and you you buy like a ticket and then you take the ticket to like a window and then they cook like a, a ramen for you yeah and in america we would never do this you would just order at the window right so this idea of like purchasing a little ticket that tells them exactly what you want and then you give it to them like that's profoundly bizarre in america that's that's super strange from an american perspective but in japan this is just normal it's honestly okay i'm gonna be honest and i'm gonna ask you this how is that weird because you're we don't we don't do anything like this in america like why would you go to like a kiosk and print out like a little order slip and then give it to the person instead of just ordering from the person. And the funniest thing is that's getting more and more normalized here. It's becoming more and more regulated. Literally, one of the other things was, uh, so I went and watched Batman, right? This was like right after my work shift because I was like, I was like with my coworker and I was just like, I don't have anything going on tonight. Fuck it. You want to watch Batman? He's like, yeah, sure. I don't have anything. So I waited. It was a Sunday. So I waited until his closing shift. Because I literally got off like 30 minutes before him. Mm-hmm. So like what happened was I just waited for a bit until the store closed and then just like went and watched the movie with him. And literally what happened was there's this little digital kiosk at the movie theater in Valley Fair where you literally can just order stuff on this thing, like on this thing, and it'll print out a ticket for you. And you literally hand it to some dude at the like vending desk so you can pick up your order. I prefer that. That's literally what's that's literally becoming more and more normalized here. But that's in Japan, right? That no, style? that was literally in Valley Fair. Yeah, no, but that style is very popular in Japan, right? Yeah, it is. It's very I, popular. I like. I prefer. I like that a lot. Actually. That, that's how they make. Mo- that's how they have their movie theaters too. Mm-hmm. I think I prefer it. I'm not saying that it's it's bad. I'm just saying that it's uncommon and strange from an American perspective. That's true. That's also true. I, I I never said it was bad. It's not bad. It's fine. In fact, I, I agree. I do prefer it. But it's just from an American perspective, this is a little bit strange. I guess it's more because of it's it's more or less because it's like you, when you want something, you end up like connecting with someone because of it. Mm-hmm. Like when you order, like, let's say you go to a fucking restaurant and you have a waiter and you know that specific waiter. They're your waiter for that meal for that day. Mm-hmm. So of course they're going to ask nice questions and get to know them more sort of in a way. Like how like how their gesture is. So you're just like, "Oh, this person is nice. I'm happy with them." IE that's why you give people tips. Right. Like they 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 did their job very well. I think that's something that in And that's a human interaction thing actually. Yeah. Like like when you ha- when you order something from a vending machine, you're not really talking to someone. You're like 
inputting a register, like you're inputting a code so you can get a solution. Yeah. You're inputting what you want and then you get what you want, basically. That's the same reason with vending machines, right? I, I don't know. I think it, it makes for a very convenient and consistent purchasing experience, but I think it also makes for a very lonely way of life. Um, because if everything's automated, then you never really form any connections with people. And I think that that's just a little bit sad. Um, it's a little bit sad. <laughs> no, I, I get that. But like, I really, I honestly don't know like how would have really put it, but it's like, you eventually build a way to branch out. You eventually build a way to connect. Like, uh, and how do how do they do that in Japan? Because I know Japan is a very uh, I, I don't want to say like introverted culture, but like people in Japan are less likely to go and just say hi, how are you doing? Right? It's it's not normal to to facts. just walk up to somebody and say hi, how are you doing? So how do they do that in Japan, where everything is so automated and you have so few opportunities to? talk to people that digitization isn't everywhere in japan you still connect with people in japan mm-hmm. like like there are still jobs that like people need to go to it's not like everything's automated in japan it's not like japan's the future or anything that's another thing that people shouldn't expect when they go there like it's not the future it's like it's more modern than you think mm-hmm. like i feel like it's the future i feel like when i went to japan i was like this place feels like 15 years in the How many future. times have you been to Japan? Once. In 2012. Exactly. Exactly. My point proven. What, what do you mean? It's rose-tinted goggles. Like, when you go there enough times, you've seen it enough. Like, you know what it looks like from above. You know what it looks mm. like from below. You see the people. You see, this, you see the streets. You see... And what is that? It's just... I mean, everyone has a plan. Everyone's always going on their own way. Granted, you build a connection with people, and it's important. And at times, you pe- those people still make that connection with their people. And which culture do you prefer then? Um, Japanese culture, living in a Japanese society, or an American society? I'm more That's used to an question. American society. Mm. But like... Well, it's because living in an American society gives me a reason to like stand for something. Whereas, when I'm in Japan, everything's given to me, and it's just like, eh. I need to figure out how to, like, push myself there. Like, I know enough Japanese to get by. I don't know enough Japanese to, like, excel in Japan, you know? Like, in, in like here, I can fucking... I mean, like, if I, if I learned... If I practiced enough Japanese, I would. Uh, Nihongo desu ka? Mochiron. What does that mean? It's like, of course. <laughs> Mochino. Mochiron. Mochiron. I have no idea what either one of you just said, so that's cool. <laughs> Dude, I, I want to learn Japanese, man. Sheesh. Japanese is such a cool language. You notice how they're polite to one another, though, right? Yeah. It's always like, ah, suimasen, chotto kore de yatte kuremasu ka? Or like, koko de ungakashite kuremasu ka? It's like, it's like shit like that, where it's like, oh, so I'm cool. sorry. Like, yeah. excuse me. Mm, yeah, you're right. Though. Sorry to bother you. Yeah. Like, that's kind of the mm-hmm. thing where everyone has their own, like, it's like everyone stands out on their own. Mm. Like, you know how, like, do you know how an anime has, like, a joke sometimes? Like, the main character has this, like, bizarre... Ca- like, fucking Yugi from Yu-Gi-Oh! 100%. Like, 
Like he he has this bizarre hairstyle that stands out oh, specifically. Yeah. Oh yeah, it, that that that's him. But like, that's because everyone kind of treats each other like that, where everyone's distinct from one another. Like, oh okay, I need to, I have to like, or it's like if I need to talk to this person about something, or if I need to like, if I need to ask this person to move or something, or like, you don't even need to say something sometimes, and people already know. But like, it's. It's, like, regardless of, like, how people talk or how people connect, people are still, like, inter- like connected with one another. They're interacting regardless, you know? It's kind of the best way to put it. Everyone just still really kind of interacts with one another, but, like, they all, they all have their own set plans and goals, regardless of who they intertwine with. So, what do you plan to do with your degree when you're done? with university uh honestly i could i'd be happy doing anything i thought you wanted to teach no as a why professor would I? you wanted to be an aerospace professor you told me that no last time. i didn't say i want to right? i said i could oh i see i said i could because i already have an experience in teaching i coach mm. i coach tennis for kids mm. and like it's it's I mean, it's, like, good to see someone, like, learn something when you understand it. Why don't you um, work for Elon Musk, work at SpaceX, designing rockets? I would much... That's the thing, right? Like, I frankly don't care where I end up at the moment. I just want to get anything first. And then, and then once I find, like... Basically, what I'm doing is throwing darts at a wall and see what sticks. And eventually, I'll land on something... And then I'll just build something from there. And that's just kind of how I'm approaching life after graduation. Because, mm-hmm. like, I mean, I've thought about this, not thought about this all, but it's more or less just like, all right, I need to, like, I need to get my foot in the door somewhere. Obviously, it's not like I'm getting, like, it's not like I'm getting my wet with companies trying to just slobber my because I'm trying to, like, get a job anywhere with a bachelor's degree. What I'm saying is, just out of the box with a degree, it's not like a 100% like job chance. I thought it was like, as long as you graduate with a, ma- if you're graduating with a master's, no, which I'm is your plan. No, I'm bachelor's still. Okay, bachelor's. I I'm, think I'm you an get- undergrad still, dude. No, I still think, dude, aerospace engineers, there's more demand than supply. You'll get hired real quick. Like, I know that. That's why. That's why. It's because it's like, they'll eventually find me out of everyone else in the major too. Um. So why are you going for your master's then? Because I have decided I want to, like, study more in the control aspect of the aerospace industry. And on top of that, it just adds more to my credibility. And then I could just still be building experience while I get it. And on top... Well, the main reason's free for me. Dude, you can totally work at SpaceX. You could totally be, like, helping... It's totally possible. I don't. You, I know you don't like talking about this. But I'm just saying, Mars? Are you going to go to Mars one day? Would you do no. it? No. That would be that would be one of my one of my friends. I would I would wholeheartedly give that like give that award like hand the mantle of that to him. I wouldn't if I wanted to. I would eventually want to go to Mars someday. I would never want to be the first. I would always want that to be my friend. Mm. I would always want it one hundred percent. If anyone asks me if I would ever go to Mars, <laughs> yes, but I would never be there first. I will never be the one to plant that flag. That mm-hmm. is not my goal. I'm pretty sure Elon's going to be the one who lands I can there care first. Less. Like Elon's for sure going to land there first. 
Um, I want to ask you a really nerdy engineering question. What would you say is your favorite propulsion mm. method on an aircraft? What what kind of engine do you think is the coolest? Uh, <laughs> SR seventy one. No, well that's, that's a that's, that's a, plane. a plane, not a plane. about a propulsive engine type. Oh. And there's a handful of different ones. I would. S- <sighs> what about I a propeller? Say- <sighs> right, brother. Just like a gliding. Pr- a propeller is a type of propulsion system. Yes, Jason. A, the Wright brothers are not a propulsion system. Mm. They invented the airplane, though. God, you have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> I have no idea. You have no but, clue. Evan, what is yours, then? I would have to say that definitely my favorite is the turbojet. Um, and I think I, I would say the turbojet because it's so far been one of the engines that gets us to to go the fastest right this is the kind of engine that was on the concorde and i think that that's such a cool plane that i i really think a turbojet is uh, the you know my favorite kind of aircraft engine i'm trying to think there's like uh, i wish i brought my ipad because i have all my notes and shit on this uh but no um the concorde yeah, the Concorde. Is that the no, fastest plane ever? It's the no. fastest commercial jet that was ever jet that was ever created. How fast was it? It traveled up to Mach two point three. What is that? MPH? No, no. Okay, Mach. Okay, how does Mach, Mach is work? a unitless measurement? That's that's the best way to put it because it's basically the ratio of the current velocity of the object over the speed of sound of that current elevation. So. The Mach number is essentially relative to how high up you are. Let me let me literally look up the top speed of the Concorde. So Mach one is not slower than Mach two. Mach one no, is Mach the speed one of is, sound. Mach one is the speed of sound. But oh. the speed of sound is dependent on how high up you are. So that's why there's no definitive miles per hour number because it's dependent on on how high up you are i was right it was mach 2.04 wow that was that it it was a it is what was considered the first supersonic passenger jet or a supersonic commercial aircraft it's one of the only two to ever exist yep the other one being the tupolev 144 uh which was the russian equivalent of the concord and it was terrible um it wasn't really well. Th- that's the thing, right? Like, Russian engineering is to push for it towards the end and see what comes out and then improve upon it later. That's kind of how they approach innovation. Whereas, like, Americans basically just, all right, all right, we start with this and then just, just, just a little bit there, 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 there. And then just, like, tiny, like, piece by piece build it together. And that's why, like, on the first go, it's so successful. But, but the Concorde was not American. No, it was but made by This was France. a European. Oh, it was, it was a made British by, and French. It was all... It was made by the British and the French, but it was all manufactured entirely in France, if I remember. In Toulouse, probably. Yeah, it was manufactured... When did this thing come out? This came out in 1969, if I remember. I thought it was 76. 1969? No, I'm pretty... Wait, let it's me... It's an old plane. It's an extremely no, it, old plane. It, um, it was discontinued in... Um, 2003. Yes, you're right. Yeah, 1969. 
in its introduction was in the 76. Okay. See, it was so first flown first, in it's 69. First flown, it was first flight. Blech. Its first flight was in 1969. And its introduction into service was in 76. Exactly. And then it was discontinued in 2003. Exactly. And there hasn't been another supersonic plane, nope. uh, well, passenger plane since. But there are companies that are working on that, like Boom Supersonic, um, based in Colorado. Um, and they've actually secured orders from airlines, including like United Airlines, ANA, and Virgin Atlantic have all ordered supersonic planes from Boom, which is really cool. Um, their expected first flight is supposed to be in like 2025. Um, so I imagine that that's when the company will, uh, become publicly traded because they're going to need money to build that fucking plane. Um, and that would be such an excellent investment opportunity. <laughs> I don't really pay attention to stocks to be quite honest, but, but this is an engineering thing. I know True. it is. It's like, I I'm could investing. invest in it. But it's like, granted, I, I want to see, like, I mean, fuck, I could get into it. I could. I mean, like, I was actually going to go back to that, like, uh, topic about my favorite propulsive engine type. Mm. And I would say it's a, an ideal turbofan, actually. Mm. Yeah, I think turbofans are definitely... I mean, that's literally what's used in commercial flight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the most common type of, of engine today. Like, it's... It's in it's a modification on what is the ideal turbojet. Yeah. Where you just stick a fan in the front. <laughs> yeah, and you have a, a very large bypass area. Yep. Hot, super high bypass ratios are the future. The only issue with having a really, really high bypass ratio is that the tips of the of the little uh blades on the fan will will go supersonic and so then that's like a problem um yeah i mean then again like i think like a lot of theoretical designs of like turbo fan engines that have been made to like what was it the helicarrier from the avengers mm. specifically is that mm -hmm. possible scientifically I mean, possible no <laughs> that's not very convincing I wish, but like maybe like in 20 years no really no but vtols exist vtols do exist but is it enough to carry a fucking like okay maybe like a small ship like a navy ship like a you no. know like no. aircraft carriers like a naval like defense ship air, air aircraft carriers yeah but like like smaller ones do you know how much like okay do you know how much like energy it takes to even get something off the ground that high let alone to keep it there the, yeah mm. exactly you're gonna need so much fucking fuel for that shit. uh nuclear fission fusion fission fusion which one fusion is, it? is the only one that would be sufficient for that yeah the one that's still is, coming no fission's used for um what's it called? Like, nuclear power stations fusion. Yeah, fusion, fusion. it's fusion yeah, nuclear, nuclear fusion. fusion reactor inside of that, creating the energy to keep. Do you it know afloat. how? Do you know how? Do you know how strict and do you know how like contained and do you know how many years that will take to train people to that level? Also, Jason, to the, manage it and then alone to control that. The the problem is, 
that it's it's not even just about building a fusion reactor, which is something that we still haven't done. It's also about miniaturizing that fusion reactor mm -hmm. and increasing the reliability to the point that you can actually put it inside of an aircraft like that's, that. I mean, that's the that's, future, right? Yes, but this is like this is this is a hundred years in the, the future. Fucking future, dude. This is, this is, this is not happening. This is never going to happen anytime soon. Like you're not going to live to see that. You but literally it will won't. Inevitably, yeah. Eventually, at, yeah. At one day moment, it'll happen. But absolutely, no. you're not gonna live to see it. Absolutely not. <laughs> but it would be super fucking cool, though. Oh, absolutely. Do you feel that fusion energy is the solution to the carbon climate yes. problem? Mm. I'm not even gonna let you finish that question. Yes, because like we know how to control it and we know how to regulate it. Mm -hmm. So it's like, of course, it would be so much more like, not to a level where you can literally make a helicarrier. I'm saying controlled enough to where we know how to use it as a power source. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's, I mean, for fuck's sakes, a nuclear reactor is just literally heating water and then that heat transfer is generated into energy. That's literally it. Well, that's, that's all that most power plants are exactly. is just heating up water and using it to turn a turbine like that's no that's exactly it it's just generating work that's literally how every source of energy and every source of powers ever come from which is actually sadly in a way kind of really inefficient because you lose a lot of energy going into it going into it yeah but then like that's you lose so much of ener the energy that's coming into it now but like the more it's like controlled and the more it's more optimized it will exponentially generate more energy but like it yeah that's exactly it it'll exponentially generate more energy and just make it more optimal for everyone else but like on top of that that's why i'm so like supportive of solar and like mm -hmm. wind like wind energy i think solar and wind are great for uh filling like peak demand in like the energy mix i feel like at present um nuclear fission is really great for that base load right that bottom level whatever the lowest point in the graph is filling that much is perfect because it's a flat line output right it's not good for peaking it's not good for uh you know sort of that sort of thing but i think in the energy mix today we could certainly do replacing coal with nuclear of course I'm uh, pro-nuclear. I, I would have to agree. Pro-nuclear. <laughs> nuclear energy. But I'm pro-nuclear energy, yeah. anti-nuclear bomb. <laughs> anti-nuclear weapons here at Satellite House. Um, please. I mean, we're at a satellite house for a reason. If it, like... We're out of here, man. We're, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, like, the only thing that can hit us is a nuclear bomb. I think in, <laughs> in the future, there, you know, have you guys seen that movie Elysium? Yes, I have. I haven't watched it. I want to just to see how, like, it's good but also bad. It is good, but also bad. No, yeah. that's exactly what I've heard. And like, I like it because it's a really interesting cyberpunk story. For fuck's sake, I like sci-fi. but Cyberpunk! Like, it's a really cool concept and idea. But it's idea, terribly executed. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly they, what I thought it is. It's They, they, they did a, a horrible yeah. job telling this story, but they had a great premise for that story. God, what is one of those other like sci-fi movies that like did that? Tron that's Legacy. That's one of my favorite movies. Actually, no, I agree. I actually agree with that. Like it it wasn't terrible, terrible though. It wasn't great. It 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 had such a great 
premise of what they could have done. But they didn't execute on it. They did not execute well. The aesthetic of it, It was visually beautiful. The movie was actually cool, but it's low-key underrated. What? Oblivion. With Tom Cruise? Yeah. I fucking love that movie. It's underrated. I I have not seen this. It's bizarre, but like... Yeah, it's bizarre. But it's shot very well. It's beautiful. It's bizarre, but interesting in a way. Like, something happened, but we don't know enough. And it's, Mm. like, an interesting universe you can kind of just delve into. I feel like there's a lot of, uh, like, sort of sci-fi movies that I really just want to see more of the universe. Yeah. And I'm like, I want to see this, but more. Like, uh... There was one show specifically like that. And it was Altered Carbon. Oh. I have not watched season two was terrible, Carbon. Right? I heard season I heard was two terrible. was mediocre, but no one cared enough about it, so they canceled season it. Season one was pretty cool. No, like, season you can one forever. was intru- No, towards the end, it was like, eh. Mm-hmm. But the first few episodes were really good. Yeah, like, it, it it delved a premise and defined the idea of, like, what really happens in the future. Mm. Do you think we're going to live forever in the future? Kind of like upload your um, consciousness. The only way into you can a hard do drive. That is to eventually find a way to digitize a soul. Mm. That's the only real way someone is can that really possible. No. Granted, we are all basically we're just a bunch of like like our brain is essentially just a bunch of like neurons, electrical signals just running back and forth between one another. So in essence, like if you if you get trillions and trillions of computer cores, theoretically you can. Hmm. I think it's it's also the minute that you're able to make ourselves immortal doing that, you're all you also have the potential to create an artificial consciousness. Um, because that's essentially what it would be. No, exactly. Um and so you know, this idea of, like, true AI would be, you know, a way for us to become immortal. But I think this is also, I think this is a terrible idea from an ethical and, like, metaphysical, philosophical standpoint. Like, don't do not do that. <laughs> do not do that. So you think everyone should die? It's not that I think... I, I don't it's want, only natural is what I you're don't, saying. I don't mm-hmm. want people to die, but it's the natural order of things and the It's I, only natural for it to occur. Yeah. Now if there's some kind of um other method of like preserving our consciousness in our biological form, then maybe so be it. Like if there's like genetic engineering or some some kind of bullshit like that that makes us live like 500 or a thousand years or whatever okay but the idea of uploading your consciousness and becoming an ai that truly lives forever that sounds really really dangerous and bad (laughs) or you just become a machine with sentience in other words a terminator that also sounds bad in other words Skynet. skynet wrong movie Wrong movie. I'll be back. Oh, there you yeah, go. My fault. Damn. Hosta La Vista, baby. baby. Pasta La Vista. Hollister Vista, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Hollister. You, you walk into a Hollister and you can smell the fuck boy. You can, 
You can Ooh. you can absolutely do- <laughs> I I can care less about Hollister. They're all right. <laughs> I don't, I wouldn't I wouldn't shop there. Shop I at, shop at Uniqlo. You shop Uniqlo's good. Uniqlo is good. Remember when Even Uniqlo the- used to be cheap and now it's like ungodly yeah, expensive? I miss that. This is a Uniqlo sh- like this was the bomber jacket I think I got for like 6,000 yen in Japan. How much is that? That was good. Like like a little close to 70s my Dude, guess you should get that in yellow yellow no. looks good on you no no why you like wearing all black no this is just i like this why not yellow? i've had this shit for like five years dude this you is should, good no, 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 you should you should get another one that's yellow though. no i think it would look I'd so get good on you blue i'd get a nasa bomber jacket that's blue but like i wouldn't get a yellow your bomber color jacket. though Tomo. no it's not <laughs> really no no, I could you, totally see you wearing yellow. I, I totally agree with You wore that yellow one on with uh, sunglasses hut. Remember that night we went to Mini Boss? Yeah. You wore yellow? Bro, I literally did not, like, I was, I did not, like, go back to my dorm till like, 4 a.m. that night. And, like, I literally, like, was not in my dorm for, like, 13 hours straight. And I was just like, I want to go home <laughs> by oh, the end of it all. <laughs> that was a fun night. It was fun, though. This has been a fun night. Has it? This has been a very fun night. I think this is our best podcast episode yet. Are you serious? It felt so natural. You say that every week. It gets keeps getting better and better. That's that's a reality that's, of it. Okay, that's fair, but th- okay, that's that's a good thing. That, yeah. that is a very good thing. Um, Tomo, you want to talk about like human interaction and like socialization in college? Did you? I mean, want- I pretty much like said what I said. Like, um, what's it called? Like I said what I was talking about with like japanese culture and just Mm. like how like Mm. even just like how i got to know my friends so like i i'm pretty much like summed it up it's just more or less just like it's important to talk to one another because we as humans gain a sense of humanity because of it yeah i think so that's pretty much it how good is your japanese man he said earlier, he said it's enough to get by, but not enough no, to thrive. No, it used to be. Now it's mm. hot garbage. <laughs> Tragic. It is like hot garbage. I'll understand what people are saying, but it's just like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Just like, nope. Uh, what would you say is your uh, a Japanese dish that I definitely need to eat more of? Tsukiyaki? takoyaki no tsukiyaki Suk- Suk- what is that is it tsukiyaki i don't remember damn dude evan i know there's great like, no there's one where it's basically you it's it's hot pot but you basically have a like a like dipping sauce that you have where you like it's a raw egg and like a little bit of like some soy sauce or like some like something to it shabu 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 is good too but uh Evan, there's this. Do you like um, Japanese curry? No, there's one in Japantown, actually. I love all Japanese food. I'm such a slut for Asian food in general. Um, I think, honestly, like, I I love noodles. Noodles are by far my favorite sort of. Oh, 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 that reminds me. Here's a fun fact I actually do not like udon. No, I actually do not like udon. That's blasphemy. I just don't like the noodle. That's really you it. don't like the thick noodle. I don't like the the thick and slippery noodle. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Thick. <laughs> Jesus, the thick and slippery noodles. 
I you're, love you're supposed long, to slurp it up, noodles. right? Yeah, the ramen. I like I like ramen though. I, I like the ramen like noodle. Oh but, There's like, so many different types of ramen in Japan, right? Yakisoba. Yakisoba is good. Yakisoba. Yaki you're making me hungry great. right now. I really want to eat Japanese food now. We got Japanese cheesecake. We do. That was the first time I've had it in a long time. Shall we eat the rest? We'll eat the rest after this episode is finished. Okay. We'll be right back with these sponsorships. <laughs> Satellite House, sponsored by Uncle Tetsu. And we're back. We had to take a cheesecake break real quick. Yeah. Um, Satellite House, sponsored by Uncle Tetsu. Please sponsor us. We'll gladly take it. Thank Please give much. us free cheesecake. Amazing <laughs> cheesecake. <laughs> God, we're not game Brought grumps. To you. We're not going to be like, this video is sponsored by Wendy's. Please, I love you, Wendy's. It's not like that. We are absolutely like that. You might not be like that, but you're you're not a host. You don't know. <laughs> Valid. We're, we're Valid. absolutely like that. Uh, sponsor us any company that I like. Like, <laughs> any company I want free shit from, please sponsor us. <laughs> it's not really how you'd say it, but... Which actually does go back to the topic of, funnily enough, yo-yos. Uh, Are you I, sponsored by yo-yos? No, but um, <laughs> no, I, I. People have asked me, like companies have asked me if they can sponsor me for like contests and whatnot before because, um, I okay, so I've been yo-yoing for about ten years now. At the moment, it's been on and off because. Uh, obviously I'm an undergrad student and aerospace engineering is hard, but, uh, I went into competition at times and I was fairly good. And even like world champions would often ask me for tricks and like, whoa, like what, like I could, what they could, like if they could use a trick I've made, or whoa. Like, I would teach them something that I learned cause I thought it was cool. So it's like, I've had connections and I know like I know how to like I know how to make like tricks and whatnot, but like uh, I have been offered sponsorships because of like just mm. being good in contests, but like I've turned them down because it's like I've always wanted to aim for something higher, but then I realized that like eh, it really doesn't matter. It's mm. not like I want to do this as like a career. It's not like I'm gonna take off somewhere and be like a be like an icon or something. How many years have you been? yo-yoing for i've been yo-yoing for five years and i competed for five and at the moment uh i haven't been in competition obviously also because of covid but on top of that uh on top of that it's just like i've kind of lost the drive to compete mm -hmm. not in like a bad way but more or less just like that time has passed and and every once in a while i would like to just go back and just go back into competition for like maybe like a couple of tournaments mm -hmm. and then just like go back away for like two or three years just do it an on and off thing like as an on and off thing like mm -hmm. it's more of a just like side hobby now that's just kind of how i approach it that's pretty cool uh what would you say is like the most unique yo-yo that you've ever owned uh Not, I don't really have any that are unique. They're just all pretty common yo-yos. Mm. How many yo-yos do you have? 
too many. I don't have all of them with me. Dude, I can't even do a regular thing where you like put it down and it like goes back up. First of all, that's the wrong way of doing it. You gotta like literally have your arm muscled out like this and then like toss out like this. And then you let the yo-yo roll forward this way. And then once it hits, usually for a regular yo-yo that like just goes down and comes back up, you basically could just turn your hand back this way and then just catch it once it comes back. So you go, go like, you go like this, this, and then if you want to like a, a yo-yo that's like does the sleeper as it like just spins at the bottom, you just hold it down like this, let it sleep for a bit, and then when you want it to come back up, you just tug it back up. So that's all I have to do. Yeah, it's very simple. It's can genuinely I, simple. Can I borrow one yo-yo and no. like do that? <laughs> They're all way too expensive for you. Shoot, really? Uh, the last yo-yo I bought was about a year ago it was an unparalleled flashback which originally retailed for 150 dollars dang that's but um it was the price got reduced i think because they manufactured more in bulk so it got reduced to 99 dollars so then i was just like yeah i might as well just get it and Mm -hmm. i just bought it because i wanted to like try something new after using I was using an SF Cadence, which wasn't that... Ex- it's it's not as expensive in comparison. It was like $55, but like... I kind of got like... I just kind of got tired of the feeling of it. What's the difference between a cheap yo-yo and, ex- and an expensive yo-yo? What like- is your ideal definition of cheap is the big question. Cheap yo-yo specifically. I, I don't know. A yo-yo that I would buy as a normal human being. Like one that... Where is, would you get one specifically? Like I don't I don't know, like a toy store and it's like a cheap mm-hmm. yo-yo and like So let's say there's a butterfly. Yeah, there's like a Duncan butterfly at Target. You get that. In comparison, that's like what, five bucks? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, like a five dollar like Duncan a Duncan butterfly. In comparison to like the next level up, it'd be like ten bucks more. But what's the difference? Like why do some yo-yos cost a bunch of money and some yo-yos are really cheap? The way it's designed, the way the materials are, the the materials that are used, the the shape of the yo-yo, the, mm, honestly, it's more weight distribution as well, actually. Um, in some ways, the way the yo-yo is shaped can also make it, like, it feels comfortable in the hand when you're playing with it, and then, like, the way the yo-yo feels as you play with it can feel completely different because of the way the yo-yo is shaped or because the way the like because of the way like the weight is essentially distributed Mm. what's like a really weird yo-yo like do they have any that that have like really strange unique features that i would never so there's i think it's it's a it's like a really old thing but uh there was what used to be called Hubstack Design Yo-Yos, where okay, so the TLDR of how a like a modern like an advanced yo-yo works is that when you throw the yo-yo down, it spins with a bearing that's like su- just enough of a gap to where like it allows it to spin for a really long time, but like you can't tug it up because it basically the whole point of it is to reduce friction and then just keep a constant linear motion. So when you have a constant linear motion and like no friction, you can't really just tug a yo-yo back up because that's how you originally would bring it up with friction. So 
you'd have to do a specific trick that allows the string to get caught on these silicon like uh silicon pads on the side and then it like generates enough friction to bring it back up so what would happen is someone because the yo-yos have bearings what would happen is someone would design a yo-yo where it had so there's like a little like here's the little like butterfly shape right and there's the bearing in the center and then there's two bearings on the outside of it and you can spin it in your hand basically because of it because those bearings spin at the same like at the same time as the um at the same time as the uh what's it called like as like the main bearing in the yo-yo so yeah like that would be one of the most unique or weirdest design yo-yos out there that's cool that's pretty neat. Yo-Yo Master Tomoaki Clark-san. If, you, if Louis Vuitton made a yo-yo, would you buy it? They already did. Did you buy it? Of course it? they no, did. But I know someone who They made an LV Bugatti, did they not? Did they really? That does not not surprise me if they did. No, um... Fragment made a yo-yo. There's like another... Louis Vuitton definitely did. Supreme. I crazy. think so, but it's not it's not the yo-yo I'm thinking. But I know like Louis Vuitton definitely made, fuck. I need to go look at this dude's Instagram page because I know mm. there's definitely been one. Evan? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. It it, it has like been like and subscribe. Okay. Uh like, comment, subscribe on our uh YouTube channel. Um follow and share and like on our Instagram. Subscribe on our Spotify. Um, I don't know what the thing is on TikTok. Do that. It was Chanel. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Sh- <laughs> I'm sorry. I just found that was it. And, Chanel. Um, that's another one. Yeah. And um, uh, watch out for our eventual Twitter. I'm lazy. I'm sorry. <laughs> Did you say Spotify, TikTok? I YouTube? did say Spotify, TikTok, and Instagram. YouTube, and Instagram. Yes, nice. I did. Okay. Tomo? Uh, yes, sir. Do you have any uh, final remarks? Any shout outs? Anything you would like to say? Uh, first things first, shout out to my dad. Uh, wouldn't be here, be here if it wasn't for him. Uh, Mr. My Clark? My mom. Uh, Mrs. Clark. Who else? I don't know. All my friends that got me here. Each and every one of them. Mm. I mean, those are the shout outs, but like, if I did have something else to say, I don't know. Peace out. Red, violets are blue. It don't always be like that, but sometimes it do. And you'll get through it. Facts. Facts. That's like, that's the best way to put it. Like, Days are going to be rough, yeah. but... Very fascinating. Very, very, very Days good. Days are going to be rough, but shit's going to be high. And just keep pushing through. Thanks for listening, guys. See you next week. Peace.